Paul. I wish I could go back in time and tell my 13-year-old self that I'd be talking to you because this is quite a fucking honor, man. <laughs> cool, cool. You're easily pleased. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do a ton of interviews, and obviously you you get asked a million questions and probably a lot of the same ones. So, like, what is one question you get asked so much that you just uh, hate being asked this question? Oh, there's fucking several. <laughs> but, uh, they always start off, well, you know, I'm here to be talking about this live album, and the first thing they start off is about, well, when you was with Iron Maiden... And I'm like, oh, God, where's my fucking gun? Um, I'm going to blow my brains out. Because uh, I, I'm not being horrible, but I'll tell you what, I don't think there's anything more I can say about Iron Maiden, which hasn't been said in 40 years, and this is every fucking book and thing you can find. So I haven't got anything new to say about that time, you know. So uh, it's like, yeah, come on, come out with something a bit more original. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, you know, I've been a fan of yours for decades. And I mean, you know, like most people my age, you know, I'm 46, you know, my first introduction to Maiden, obviously, was the Bruce era. And then you find out, wait, there was a whole other singer. And then I go back and I listen to those two albums. And to me, they're just two so, so distinct eras. And yet it's a very important era. And so, of course, when I go back and I do my research, I'm I'm, I'm like, really? People ask so many of the same questions. So I'm like, you know what? I want to focus on you. Okay, not just Iron Maiden, but you. And, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, like, so... In the very beginning, let's say like a young Paul Diano, what was Yo. it that it, <laughs> we're gonna get back in the time machine here and go back and um, but what was it that ignited that spark for you that made you want to be a musician? Like, what was that oh. pinnacle moment? Well, at the time, there was like you know, there was so much going on. You know, we had the greatest music in the world was coming from England, whether you liked the stuff or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had obviously, you know, all the Beatles, the Kinks, the Stones, all that stuff, Led Zeppelin. And then, you know, around my era, we, you know, we, as much as I like some of them bands and that, but what really ignited it for me was punk. You know, um, it was a case of like, oh, blimey, anyone can do this. Oh, so I'm gonna have a go. I, 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 I sounded, I thought I sounded great in my bedroom, listening to T Rex and Slade and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that really done it for me. And I got out. I went to see the Pistols, and then uh, I, I had a bit of an epiphany. I saw the Ramones, and that done it for me. I thought, right, that's it. This is what I want to do. Um, yeah, that was it. No looking back. Then my life has changed forever. <laughs> I love that because I always thought, in general, um, punk rock music, especially for metal heads who like wanted to start playing heavy metal. You know, when I started playing guitar, I remember going, I'd, you know, I'd love to play Maiden, but there's no way I can play Transylvania. But you know what? I can play the fuck out of Blitzkrieg Bop. So you know what? I'm gonna do that. That was like my gateway. You know, <laughs> it was yeah, like- exactly exactly what I do, and you know, as, as my my tribute to Ramones I still play that now I play Blitzkrieg quite a bit and you did a great job of that too because I saw you on the uh, the 2010 tour you did um, when you came back through the states when you were uh, yeah. playing with Icarus Witch and you it's been closed. a while wasn't it <laughs> oh. well let me tell you that was a treat for me because I drove I drove up from Atlanta to Raleigh <laughs> North Carolina uh-huh. to see that show with a friend of mine and 
I was so blown away because I just remember thinking, like, I'm getting to see Paul Diano. Wait, he's doing Blitzkrieg Bop. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> you know? Oh, see, what we, we, I don't know why we, I, I, yeah, it just makes it interesting for me. Um, it's like when I'm playing with my boys, uh, the, the guys of my Norwegian band and that, we, we do, uh, we do a couple of, you know, we, we do that one. We do, uh, a little bit of 2112 thrown in there by Rush, which is quite apt at the moment. Um, well, we do Holidays in the Sun as well by the Pistols. You know, just a, just a, yeah, you know, I don't want to sort of forget my roots. You know, I, I started off singing punk and sort of um, got into metal more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it all sort of worked out fine. <laughs> well, I mean, because it's kind of like you said throwing it back to your roots and acknowledging them and not forgetting them i can imagine that it gets kind of overbearing sometimes when people are you know play maiden play this play that and you're like you know i mean obviously maiden was a big part of your life but you had influences and whatnot and like while maiden might have influenced many other people like you know you had your own influences that you like to kind of tip your hat to Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and, and that's what I said. It, it sort of uh, makes it, I don't know. It sort of evens it up for me on stage a bit because you know, oh, it's it's not an insult, but it's like a slap in the face. Under because most promoters, when they book you, you know, are expecting like a like a maiden heavy set. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've, I've been honest with you, my old management and that got me into it. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, here we go again. Um, and I'm like, well, hang on, what's what? My career must be fucking chop liberties, people. You know, it doesn't mean fuck all. And I thought, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. So once I've got my legs all sorted out and I'm back on my feet again, hopefully, um, when we go back out on tour again, it will be um, mostly stuff from sort of my career, like Battlezone and killer stuff. And, you know, there would be the old Maiden song in there, obviously, but uh, hopefully there'll be a new album out as well soon in the next year or so. See, I love hearing that because even though I loved your your work with Maiden, which obviously I'd be insane not to, one of the things I did pay attention to growing up and even now in my later years was your solo material. And I mean, it was stellar fucking material, man. I mean, you had, I mean, the, I mean, the, the Battle Zone, Children of Madness, that is not just one of my favorite albums, but it's like, it's an incredible song and I was so glad you were bringing that out into the set but then you had Living Dead which I thought was you know I mean that album was just like when I listened to that album I was just listening to it this morning before we talked and I thought to myself this album could have been a modern metal classic in my opinion you know yeah we've not had, we've not had the breaks with uh, some some sort of record companies of ours and that as well um sort of didn't know what to do with us or didn't have enough money to sort of um push us the way we needed to go and you know we're all sort of tired of losing money <laughs> so uh, i wasn't going to throw money into it in the end uh you know i've got family and that to worry about and stuff like that so uh i'm glad i didn't as well because we medical bills are at the minute and that's fucking through the roof but um <laughs> yeah it's been it's been ridiculous um yeah but I'm, I'm proud of all these albums and that and um see the living dead i'll get confused with that one because that was just a track of the album the album was actually originally called nomad correct which was yes another track of the album but um yeah it's um yeah i was quite happy with that um 
I was very proud because uh, the vocals, the band went in the studio for a week in Brazil. I had all top-notch Brazilian musicians, my, my boys over there as well. And me and Paolo went out and wrote most of it and went into the studio. Uh, I went over two nights and I'd done my vocals twice, including the I notes, no backing, and uh, that was it, I was done. <laughs> I mean, the title track to that out to that album, you know, "The Living Dead." I mean, that yeah. song to me just you know, made the hairs stand up on my arms because I thought to myself, "This is one of the best vocal deliveries." Not, not I mean, not even just from you, but just in general. I thought to myself, "This is this is a powerful metal voice," and I really <laughs> wished more people would have heard that. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's, it's weird because, you know, I see what I'm loving now, nowadays, or over the last couple of years, as I said, I went down with sepsis in 19, uh, 1915, what a brat, uh, in uh, 2015. <laughs> Fucking I'm not that old. Um, and then uh, all of a sudden, uh, oh, I've not played for like nearly four years now where I've been waiting for the, these surgeries and stuff. But um, I was getting fans all around the world coming up and saying, come on, man, we want to hear your stuff now. We don't want to hear the Maiden stuff. And I'm like, oh, right, right, okay. But I've got this thing in the back of my mind because um, with Battle Zone, many years ago, we was in America and we didn't play one Iron Maiden song and they was going to lynch us after the end of the set. <laughs> we were all mm. fucking hell, we don't know what to do. So I've sort of got a bit of a, a, bit of a dilemma. But now it seems like the fans want me to do my stuff. So I'm like, okay, let's do that. Let's pay a bit of homage to that and hopefully some new tracks coming in soon. And then... Um, We'll do, you know, still tip the hat to Maiden and do about two or three in there in the set as well. So, yeah, I'm quite happy now. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's, there's no denying your your history with Maiden, obviously, but you've got such a vast history on your own with all your solo material. And mm. one of the things I got so excited to read about was when you said that you really were going to concentrate on solo material in the future mm. as far as tours and stuff go. What are some of the songs that you're just super fucking pumped to get out there and play? You haven't played in a long time, or if ever. Oh, overloaded. The Promise, Welfare Warriors, oh. uh, In the Darkness, and stuff like that. And if I've got enough breath and life left in, we might even do the Langle Games to Kane. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Sign me up, man. I want to see this. <laughs> So, so do I. <laughs> Be interesting. See, that this is the thing. I was having all this time off, you know, through this bloody illness and all that. Um, mm -hmm. I suppose I'm grateful, really. Cause it nearly killed me, so I should be happy about that. I'm still here. Um, I just want to, uh, yeah, I just want to sort of celebrate my stuff and. Um, yeah, just, yeah, I, I don't know. I've got so many songs to choose from. But obviously, we can't play for something like about four hours, you know. Oh, why and not? No, I'm just kidding. I've got, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've also got to trade me voice again as well. I, you know, I haven't done I haven't done a great deal, you know. I, 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 oh, fucking hell, I've got Tarzan going off in the background here. Fuck off. We'll be up there, it's me on the phone. Um, yeah, so I've got all this... Um, you know, we've got all that going on. So, you know, we've got to sort of make it a decent set about two hours long. But, I'll, you know, as I said, I've got to train the voice again. Mm -hmm. I haven't done it for a while. And, I'll, you know, the only stuff I've done recently is I, I've done uh, two tracks with my friend's band, Air Force, you know, which has got Iron Maiden's old drummer, Doug Sampson, in it. Oh, right. Um, yes. Yeah. So uh, I've done two tracks on their new album, which will be coming out very, very soon, actually. They're just mixing it down at the moment. 
and because uh, we all go back, we all go back well, forever out and back in the East End and that. So it's all good. <laughs> That, I mean, that is fantastic. I mean, just to hear that, you know, you've got that excitement. And it must have been really cool for you to hear from fans in general that we'd love <laughs> to hear more of that Paul stuff, you know? Yeah, well, I, I've got a good relationship with the fans, actually, because they're more like they're more like mates and, and fans, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I love it. And they come in, you know, and they come backstage after the show and they turn around. Oh, a couple of them have done it there and again, because you're not always on the mark, are you? And they come in and say, God, fucking you know, hell, you sound like shit tonight. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right then. <laughs> Cheers, thanks. <laughs> what part? What part was that then? No, all of it. Oh, cheers, mate. You can fuck off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no, it's all right. But uh, that's, that's the way it goes, you know. And uh, I like that they feel that they can say this to me, where they wouldn't turn around and so maybe say it to uh, maybe some of the maiden guys or somebody in sort of like mm. I don't know some other bands and that, you know. Uh, you know, they 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 feel. I'm, I'm more of a friend to them, you know what I mean? So they can say what they want, you know, which is which is a good thing sometimes. <laughs> you know, as, as an artist, I feel like artistic criticism and honesty from, you know, your your, fa- your fans, your friends, your family, whatever, to me, that's what makes you grow, whether like whether you like to hear it or not, you know? So it's like, I, you know, I was speaking with a friend of mine, uh, we always talk about this, about how, like, if you truly love a band and you're a true fan, you're not always going to take everything they give you and say, oh, that's fucking incredible. Like, you know, if you love a band, you should be able to say, you know what? That was great. But, you know, that sucked. That was a mess. I wish they wouldn't have done. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of a lot of artists don't want to hear that. <laughs> right, but it doesn't, and it doesn't make you any less of a fan. It just, to me, it makes you no, more of I a legitimate it makes, fan. You know, it makes you honest. But there are fans, as I said, the, the, you've got to put Maiden in a separate category to that, though, because to Maiden fans, they don't do any wrong whatever. You know, I've never, I'll never hear anyone sort of say anything bad about their albums or anything, which is, which is a bloody, it's, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. It really, you know. Um, I hear other bands get slagged off for some of their tracks here and there, and uh, we made Nathan Centipede keep going on and on and on, which is fantastic. <laughs> oh, at the end of the day, they're bringing so much joy and happiness to people, and that's never a bad thing, is it? Especially in the world climate today, you know. No, and it's not, and it's and it's a you know, Iron Maiden's got a catalog of music, you know, like I said, obviously including you know the first two albums that feature yourself yep. that yep. that mean a lot don't to get, people don't, don't get blaze blaze stepped in and, and, and took on a very hard position you know i was I'm not right a, he did all power to the man deserves a medal oh. and me, me and blaze have done a lot of work together over the years especially you know i took him to australia and new zealand with me and russia and we had such a love he's such a great guy and i think he's an immense singer he really is I, I like to listen to him before while well, I'm in the I'm in the backstage waiting to go on myself. But I like <laughs> listening to uh, plays going on. It's great. He's really good. Um, I've got a lot of respect for him. Good man. Well, so speaking of listening to music, like what does Paul Diano enjoy listening to these days? I mean, do you find yourself listening to a lot of the classics, or you yeah. know, are there new bands <laughs> that you like? Like, like what do you enjoy listening to? Oh God! Well, at the minute, as I'm in a writing mode, I try not to listen to much, which is uh, sort of going to influence me. So um, I'll be listening to the same old shit for the last couple of last couple of years. You know, like one you know one day it might be all punk stuff and that. Um, otherwise, it's like normal, like Sepultura, Pantera. Um, 
um, I, I got right back into Sabbath again recently, which is which is no bad thing really. Um, I've, I've, I mean, I I don't know. I've, I've got really got back into the Dehumanizer album. You know, oh, that's a fantastic uh, record. I because I, 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 I love Roddy's voice as well. I, I really do. I mean, I think he's the ultimate metal singer. Or he was, shall I say, bless him. Um, yeah, but uh, oh, since this weekend, I've had nothing but Rush playing at the moment. Uh, R.I.P. for Neil Pert. What a what a loss to the music world. Well, I see the thing is, I I never knew much about Rush before until mm-hmm. sort of late seventies. And uh, me and um, one of the Maiden crew, Luby, who was my best friend at school when we were kids, we went up to see them at Hammersmith Odeon. And it was a farewell to King's tour, and uh, with, with Richie Blackmore's Rainbow supporting, funny enough. And so I got to see two stellar bands that night, and you know, it's sort of they're, they're the things that make a mark on you and leave, you know, you'll you'll never forget it. It was absolutely fantastic, and I've been lucky to see Rush a few times. And um, yeah, it was uh, oh, they're, they're just something else, you know. All that, all all that music, and all them fantastic sounds, and there's only three of them. It's amazing. I've never seen more music come out of three people. <laughs> you know, no, it's just amazing. Exactly. <laughs> I've seen a lot of shit come out of three people, but um, <laughs> but, but not like oh, I, I mean, you're, that, that like the likes of them will never come about again. You know what I mean? It's amazing. And I, I was, oh, it actually hit me hard. Really did hit me hard. Apparently, Neil died on the seventh, but they didn't make it public until the tenth. Correct. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really I didn't even know he was he was ill. So to me, I've lost two of my favourite drummers. You know, with Clive Burr going and then and Neil Purr, and you won't hear the likes of them again. You know, they were they were just both so original and so fantastic. I mean, you know, you know, you you spoke about Clive. You know, Clive was such a magnificent drummer and i even Absolutely. i mean i even was i was a huge fan of his work that he did with a, a d snyder's band he'd uh, desperado yeah. it was him and bernie yeah. torme and like you know it was it was so cool to hear clive come back you know even then that that might have been the last bit that we would ever hear of him but just to hear him still able to just attack those drums with such oh, a he, unique he's, style he's, he's a- he was an animal, but uh, a very controlled animal and very good. It was excellent. It was. I used to miss some of my cues sometimes watching him, you know, on stage. Because <laughs> uh, and we were great mates. And uh, you know what? It's been quite a few years now since we lost him, and uh, I still use properly over Clive. I get all choked up, and sometimes I find it really hard to talk about it. Yeah. Um, especially when I spoke to his wife a couple of months back. Oh my God, that did it. And I, I, you know, I, I was hoping I'd be well enough to go and do the birth fest this, you know, in this next couple of months. But obviously, mm-hmm. I can't. Air Force are playing it though, which with Doug Sampson, which is who Clive replaced. Right. Uh, so it's all good in a way, and yeah, it's all part of the family. You know, and I'd love to get up there, but at the minute, as I said, I've been stuck in a wheelchair for four years, which has not been much fun. But there you go. You just got to get on with it, suck it up. <laughs> well, you know, you've got such a positive outlook so far for everything you've been going through. Like, how are you feeling these days? And I mean, you, you know, what, what is the future looking like as far as the trajectory of you? You know, getting getting back to where you want to be. 
Well, I I I did say if it, if it was if, if well I, I nearly lost my right leg completely, but I haven't. I've managed to save it. I've got no knee on the right knee. It's been taken out completely, and I've got a bit of medical cement in that. Um, the left knee's coming out next, <laughs> which is a fucking nightmare. But um, it's very difficult because uh, the reason it's taken so long is because once you if you catch sepsis which is what almost killed me um you've got a you've got a time of 45 minutes when it really kicks in to get to hospital and get pumped full of antibiotics and i just arrived from argentina on the morning when that happened and i collapsed and i had my phone in my hand i managed to ring up the emergency services they kicked my door down and took me to hospital and i spent eight months in hospital and then a couple of more months in a convalescent home. Fucking great that was. Stuck there with all these dementia patients, and I was the youngest one in there. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and, uh, and, the cool, those... and the coolest one in there, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we, well, I, I didn't know what, how, to make, how to handle me. Um, well, well, it was funny, though, because there's a couple of old people in there who couldn't even remember their own kids' names, but they always remember me. <laughs> and they come up and say, well, no, it's kind of sweet in a way, but, uh, you know, the one thing you want to do, you're willing yourself to get back to get the fuck out of there. And uh, <laughs> and I did, and I've, I've escaped. And uh, and now, you know, it's a slow process because it's left me with um, really, really poor tissue in my legs in the bottom so they don't heal up so quickly. And occasionally they ulcerate. And once they ulcerate, you can't sort of operate. And so it's been, it's been like one delay after the other. And I'm on the list. I've got the, one of the greatest surgeons in the country going to take care of this. But unfortunately, he's the guy who books the surgery, not the clinic. They say, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, so, and he's busy. And he's also taking care of our other our troops. He does a lot of our amputees as well. Mm -hmm. You know, who comes over and that. So he's, he's really busy. But I'll keep phoning them up every Monday and giving them shit. And I'm moving up slowly. <laughs> So something had to be done, but as I, as I said to everybody else, I was in the once the right the left knee's done, and they've just put an, a replacement knee in that one because that one's all dislocated and smashed up as well. Mm -hmm. So then what they're going to do is um, do that one, spend two weeks in hospital, learn how to hop about on crutches. And then I thought, right, well, fuck that. If I can do that and get off about on crutches, that means I can use the toilets on an aeroplane. That means I can come back to the States and go and see my wife and my boy, because I've been stuck over here in England for four fucking years. And then I can also go and do a few shows. See, so I, that's, yeah, that's the way I'm. That's the way I'm looking at. I won't be getting back on the Arley yet, but um, soon enough. <laughs> See, I, lo I love, like I said, I love the positive attitude about it all because you know Steve Grimmett, uh, the vocalist yeah. for Grim Reaper, he had a, a situation where he was on yep. tour, ended up losing losing his leg, and just just the sheer will and determination of well, what, like what you, are you gonna man. do man let's put it like, oh, fair play to steve i mean i was i was i was really shocked when that happened to him and i was going through all this stuff myself and yeah he's been up there and got out and done it again and you can catch some nasty stuff in south america i'm telling you <laughs> uh where, where i spend most of my time when i'm not working because i'm normally based over in brazil mm -hmm. it's not that bad there but you know, some of these other weird and wonderful countries you can get all sorts of bloody dodgy stuff going on <laughs> but um yeah but fair play to steve he's done very well and uh i'm really happy for him and uh, see the thing is to me is if they turn around it all went wrong and they sort of said well sorry mate you're gonna be stuck in his wheelchair forever and then what the fuck am i supposed to do sit at home 
a net like that. I'll be out somehow. I'll get, I'll get out on tour somehow. I was put on this earth to do this, and that's what I'm going to do. You know, otherwise you might as well just give up and kill yourself. I don't, I don't, I, although I bet you could make a pretty badass sweater, though. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be knitting West Ham scarves, mate. <laughs> <laughs> See, you have a future ahead of you already, you know? <laughs> oh, cheers. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> now, everyone's trying to get me to do a cooking vlog. <laughs> oh, and I meant, to, I meant to tell you, you are quite the cook. I mean, like, when did, yes. <laughs> when did, when did you like? When did you get bit by the cooking bug? And, like, like what, what got you? Or have you always been a cook like that? Yeah. Yeah, sort of pretty much picked it up from my mum. Um, and all that stuff, and it's, it's great. And yeah, I, I do quite a bit. Uh, today's menu <laughs> I've just made a all homemade Chinese curry sauce, and I'm just doing a I'll just put the chicken in there in the slow cooker, and that'll all be done. And I'm gonna make an egg fried rice to go with it later on. And tomorrow's burrito day. <laughs> I'll tell you, I mean, aside from just being in your presence is, is awesome enough, I, I have to say I, I'd totally come over for dinner, you know. <laughs> oh, mate, I'll tell you what, my my chili is one of the greatest things you'll ever eat, I'm telling you. Um, I learned how to make chili when I was living in Texas and knew how to do that probably, but I, I do mine proper old school with chocolate in it as well. Oh, you know? You know, real, real Aztec style, as they say. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with, uh, with it. You know, so that's this is it. But the thing is, it's like oh, sitting around and like making good food and uh, not doing too much exercise. It's hard to do that in a wheelchair. Uh, I'll just end up like fucking the fattest bastard in the world. But no, uh, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I don't know. It's just. Uh, gives you something to do in the day doesn't it really you know but um just to keep motivated i'm actually doing a bit of research on the book at the moment i'm trying to sort of uh it's going to take a while to do that i might not even be alive you know, it doesn't take that long <laughs> this thing about the uh, merovingians oh wow tell me yeah uh, tell me I'm a little more to... about that like what is, what, what do you looking to do with that well, well the, the actual story was isn't it is um they reckon jesus never died on the cross and that um he was sort of a because no one would actually get near to see if it really was him mm -hmm. and joseph had, apparently had made a deal with pontius pilate or something to smuggle him and mary out of the country and they had made it to southern france apparently uh, where they integrated with a, another Davidic line like, of royalty called the Merovingians. So the family got into all that. And it, I'm trying to get all the right details. And it cost, it's, oh, it's costing me an arm and a leg. I've got people searching around in bloody Europe for me and stuff like that. And I can't really get stuck into it properly here. You know, well, I'm stuck in the wheelchair. But I really want to write something about this because I'm interested in it. What a fascinating thing, though, because you know, it shows another side of Paul Diano, aside from the <laughs> madman rock and roller, you know? <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean see, now, what is it? I was just seeing uh, there, there was a brilliant series come out from England um, years and years ago called The World at War. And, um, you know, it shows all aspects of it, you know, like, you know, from the Allies side, the German side, uh, the poor people from the Holocaust. 
and all that and it's terrible and you know how things have branched out from there and how Israel came about you know and stuff like that and I'm interested in all that because it's part of my roots and you know I'm just yeah, just um catching up on things basically so i'm into all that but i thought there's been so many books written about war and so many books written about the crusades and stuff like that i want to find out about this merovingian thing i think that's so fascinating because that's not something i even really knew about so uh, i love that you're you're wanting to tackle a topic like that well, it keeps me it keeps me out of trouble <laughs> for the time being, right? <laughs> for the time being. Well, see, that's, this, this is what I'm worried. I'm, I'm scared about getting too into it, and then I'll have to finish it one way or the other, which means I might get in the way of touring. You know, so I'm going to take it very slow. It could be, it could, it might come out in ten years if I'm still alive. Well, you know, good things come to those who wait. You know? Yeah, but I want to do the research myself because then when I've heard it from, as I say, from the horse's mouth, then I'd probably be a bit more, you know, sort of believe in it and that. But obviously the first place to start off is in the south of France and I can't bloody get over there at the minute. There is another <laughs> Davidic Merovingian thing going on in London in a church, but it all ties in with the Templars and that as well, which is, uh, it gets confusing. I get a headache. Oh, well, well, hopefully this is helping you flush some stuff out here, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, it, um, it, I just watch all the, when you've got time on your hands like me, you know, I, I'm sitting there watching, if I'm not writing or trying to come up with some ideas, uh, that's what I do. I watch these, like the history channels or there's this thing called Forbidden History over here, which is absolutely brilliant. And it all runs into that was Merovingian thing and all that, and that that's what got my interest. So I I delved into it a little bit more and uh, googled it and done this and done that, and I thought, oh, I might try and find another slant on this. Yeah, yeah I love that. Which is what I want to do. Could you see something like that even inspiring uh, your songwriting? Like, could you see see like like addressing hmm. that in like a song? It could do. It could, it could end up more, more like a fantasy type song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we mentioned things like that where it all comes back in the Crusades and stuff like that. You you instantly think prog rock. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Farewell, the kings. Right. You know? Exactly. So. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. Yeah. Now, see, Neil Peart would have had no problems with this. He would have, uh, he would have, he would have absolutely blitzed it. You know what I mean? But I'm not as intelligent as he is, so uh, I've got to take my time. I love that we've we've talked about so many things, and like it's been so fascinating talking to you, Paul, and just you know, a, a great a great thing. And I have to say, when you played in Raleigh, you were talking about meeting the fans, and I remember that after the show, people just lined up outside of the door, and they they. Just just walked up the stairs like your manager did and just brought us in one at a time and you spent time talking to each and every one and I was so blown away by how just gracious you were and how you know well you've got to look at it this way mate um what it is is that you ain't nothing without people who buy your records so to turn around and sort of say I'm sorry I haven't got time to do an autograph because I need to go back to the hotel to sit there and watch TV and scratch me ass, fuck all that, you know. I'd rather spend the time, you know, saying hello and meeting them and stuff like that. I, I do it every country and every night. I don't see. I don't get a lot of sleep in my life, <laughs> <laughs> um, but to- totally worth it. 
Well, I love that because to me, it was such a treat to walk in with my you know, my debut Maiden album and my Killers and my Life Plus One and just <laughs> sit down for five minutes and have a conversation with you. And I walked out of there going, that's exactly how I hoped he would be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't change. Oh, unless, unless I'm pissed off one day, you know, I, I do get a little bit narky now and again, but, but that's because I'm tired or something, or I might be in pain or something. But normally, I'm generally all right and quite approachable. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I feel like, you know, musicians get so they're eagle-eyed by you know just the press and by people and everything and you, you know y'all are human you're allowed to have bad days or at least you should be you know yeah some day I, I think I've had four years worth of bad days I don't want no more for a while <laughs> but yeah you're still you're still in a good mood though which which actually says a whole lot yeah, we'll see you now after I'm done with you. I've, I've got no more to do with that today, so I can get back on doing a bit of research, uh, make sure I don't burn me food I'm cooking, and uh, <laughs> wait, wait for me wife and me boy to phone me up from over there in the States, and I can have a quick chat with them. And then that's it. I'll feel better and uh, a bit more relieved, and I can sort of just try to sort of uh, deflate. <laughs> I love that. Well, well. Before we go, I've got to say I've got a couple of fun questions I like to ask just about everybody I interview, just because I like to hear the answers from different people. Oh, so, <laughs> oh, so if, if you could have dinner with anyone alive or dead, you know, that was like a famous person, who would it be? Ah, uh, Joey Ramone. And what would you have? I'm assuming you would cook. <laughs> well, we're both in Jewish descent as well, aren't we? So <laughs> I'd piss him off with some kosher food. No, no, I'd rather eat dog shit. Um, I don't know. Um, spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, that's a good old. That's a good. That's a good old meal right there. Yeah, done. Done my style though. <laughs> <laughs> if there was only three albums that you could listen to for the rest of your life what yeah. three would those be first Ramones album definitely um, I'd have to make an exception here I, I'd probably go uh, Signals Rush and probably never mind the bollocks by the pistols what is it about those three albums that you never get tired of Oh, the, the, the songs and they bring back so many great memories you know um, of being there at the time seeing the bands um, yeah it's just part of your life you know and then finally when I grow up I want to be what? <laughs> a dickhead <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no I've done that one I've, 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 I've already done that one sorry got a t-shirt for that one um when I grow up, what would I like? I'll tell you what I'd like to be, a historian. Well, it sounds like you're on the road to that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as I said, I'm not really clever enough. <laughs> you don't give yourself enough credit. Hell, yeah. You just, you educated me on something that I'm going to go look up right after we get done with this fucking interview. Yeah, so see, that's the thing with me. I dive into these things and then all of a sudden I'll get sidetracked. And if, if it's still in my head after a week, then obviously this worth pursuing. And it's been in my head for about nine, ten days now. And I'm trying to catch up on everything I possibly can. Apparently, there's um, 
there was a TV serial, like a old box set you can get hold of. So I'm still trying to search on that about the Merovingians. Because I said to my wife the other day, I said, yeah, you ever heard of the Merovingians? Because yeah, of course I have. Why haven't you? And I'm like, oh, blimey. All right, here we go. So there you go. I spend too much time watching Ancient Aliens to know about anything else other than history. So, you know, that's... Well, see, that's another one. That's all the conspiracies and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, try, I try and stay away from that one. There's enough conspiracies going on with you. Like with the Templars, and uh, you know, at least it's on your doorstep. That stuff, and, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Well, Paul, thank you so much for talking to me today. This has been an absolute blast. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, look. Hopefully, we'll talk again soon. And uh, good luck. And I hope you get to uh, uh, recovering very quickly and successfully. Oh got some painful surgeries to come up yet but like uh, uh it's like you know you got the six million dollar man <laughs> well i got a dollar 25's worth of it yeah so i'm all right so i'll be all right <laughs> <laughs> well look best of luck paul and again thank you so much man i really appreciate it it's been an honor cheers Tom. thanks a lot mate <laughs> <laughs>